Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Controversial subjects with the facts can be tense, but we are a sub-science here to make things make sense. Today, we are talking to Kine, an amazing superstar drag queen who teaches math on TikTok and is also going to be on Canada's Drag Race. Uh, we're so excited to talk to her about science communication, math, and her amazing drag. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello Valerie Hello, hello, hello. Um, I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And this is a side note. Welcome back. Um, how's it going, Greg? I'm going, it's going. When this is going to come out, it's going to be July 1st, which is Kanata Day. Oh, okay. I, how do you, I, you knew the date. I don't know the date. Oh, yeah. Wait, you mean like, did you not know that Canada Day was July 1st? Or you no, I just, I never like know. I don't even know what date it is today that we're recording this. Yeah. And I never think about like when things are coming out. So happy Canada Day, everyone. Yeah, go listen to some Shania Twain, some Drake. Do what you got to do. I have a Canada Day playlist that I listen to every year and I cry to it because it brings me so much freaking joy. Okay. So, should we just get into it? Yeah, if you want to. Um, let's see. Oh, what did we learn this week? So, this week I finished a book called The Next Great Migration by Sonia Shaw, which I recommend everyone read. It's, it's fascinating. It's very new. Like, Nature Magazine had done a review of it, which made me want to read it. It's all about how immigration and the concept of migration is something that we have obviously dealt with as animals for a long time. No, what I was thinking recently, it's like when there's signs that say like no animals allowed, it's like technically humans shouldn't go into that place because we are animals. Um, <laughs> Wait, what signs say that? Like in like stores? Yeah. They'll be like no animals allowed. I'm like, well, I guess you don't want any patrons. Um, <laughs> but there was some really striking information that I think is important for people right now, all about how science has been used to justify racism throughout history. I think a lot of people don't realize how science and racism really grew in tandem. And it's very sad about how much of this science is obviously fake. It's very embarrassing for people like Charles Darwin's son, Leonard Darwin, who is fully racist and bad at science. And I would say even beyond racism, just full on discrimination, sexism, homophobia oh, like science yes. has been used by many to uplift their agendas of oppressing those groups yeah and and, and it's so horrible and damaging to think because that they they speak this as quote-unquote truths through science which is all false and just like a way of spouting ideology in a very powerful way so what i learned was that in 1921 the american museum of natural history had an exhibit on eugenics that was attended by Alexander Graham Bell. So he would have gone and taken in this information, which I think, again, it's like all these people who go down in history as very famous. But when you think about it, you're like, they probably died fully racist. <laughs> but um, it was a really um, 
awful, misleading, factually false exhibit where they literally said that black people's brains were smaller than white people's brains, which isn't true. There was text that just said that black people were feeble-minded. And this bled into the political discourse of the time. And America, using science, quote-unquote, decided that they were going to close the borders to immigrants because they thought immigrants and um, these like feeble-minded people would come and ruin society. And only opened the borders to people from places like Africa or even Southern and Eastern Europe and Asia in 1965 when they needed more professionals to deal with Medicare and Medicaid. So it was like eugenics was a really deep-seated part of American history. And I think we can think of like most white supremacy histories until very recently using science to justify it. And so obviously she moves on and talks more about how science has evolved and we get to now and we get to the way that migration works now and immigration works now. And it's, it's absolutely fascinating. But to me that really stuck out as something where it's like, okay, science is not this thing that is unbiased that a lot of people think it is. And just like one little thing was that immigrants created a net positive of $63 billion in America in the last decade. So that's when you take into consideration how much it costs and how much money they made. So if you think of how much money they made, it's way more than that, but it's a net positive of $63 billion. So if anyone tells you that immigration is going to ruin a society, it's like, hun, read a book because it's actually just going to bring you a bunch of money and make your society better. Okay. Anyways, that's what I learned. Wow. Okay. That <laughs> great I mean, book. Yeah. What was it called again? The, the great, the next great migration by Sonia Shah. Okay. Yeah. So fascinating. I want to read it now that you finished it. Yeah. Yeah. It's You're great. all done. Okay. Well, mine kind of ties into yours actually. Okay. Nicely. And maybe it will give a positive feeling after, you know, knowing that there's so much negativity and awful things around that. So, This week, I learned that NASA has named their agency headquarters after Mary W. Jackson. Oh, my God. Who was the first female black scientist to work for NASA. In Hidden Figures. Yeah, she's in Hidden Figures. She, in Hidden Figures, is played by Janelle Monae. Yes. um, Queer queen. Yes, amazing. Uh, And I just thought, obviously, that's like an amazing piece of information. A bit of progress. Obviously, it doesn't undo all the awful things and the marginalization that people have faced and the discrimination and kind of literal hidden and figureness of a lot of black women and women in science especially but that's that is powerful that's representation and- yeah and I, I believe it was last year they changed the road leading up to it to call it like hidden figure way or something like that which huh. is nice um so yeah she was the first black female engineer at nasa and she had a dual degree in math and physical science but she was also a school teacher for a long time um a bookkeeper, a mother, an army secretary. Oh my God. And she then got a job finally at the Langley Memorial Aeronautical Laboratory in 1951. But for a long time, as you, if you've seen Hidden Figures, you know that black women weren't, were working in separate rooms. Like they weren't allowed to work with the white men at NASA and were separated. Um, but she worked really hard and eventually got her graduate level math and physics in her spare time and eventually oh. was given permission to learn in the same classroom as her white peers. So, like, she had to go through so much to not even only just prove, like, she had such a passion for learning and understanding physics and math that she was able to persist. I just think it's an amazing story. It's an amazing movie. I've never watched Hidden Figures, and she's one of the main characters in that. And then she was promoted as NASA's first black female engineer in 1958. And she went on to lead a lot of programs that would hire and promote the next generation of women at NASA. Oh, amazing human. Honestly. And I'm just like, Oh my God. And of course she was a freaking teacher. I know it, it. 
it's really eye-opening and I think it's just important for everyone to stop and think and realize that even we talk about how science is not apolitical, but even our history, right? Like there's a lot of historical things that were taught about the history of science, not to say that they're always wrong, but there's often other stories that we're not hearing. And I think it's so empowering and amazing to know that these people cared and loved what they did so much that even though they weren't necessarily getting the recognition, even though often they were being con considered, like she was considered a supercomputer, I think, because she was oh. so smart that they would use her and her math. As like a human computer. Yeah. And so it's just like, it's so oh sad God. that it's taken this long, but at least it's like, okay, her name will hopefully live on forever through these institutions that are renaming or naming. It will. Companies. And that movie is incredible. And I think that that is such a positive. And I think to get into our interview uh, with Kine and not to sort of bring it back down a, a bit, but she has done some really amazing TikToks as a drag queen talking about how stats and math has been used in racist forms. And in one of them, she ends by saying, Sadly, think of how incredible and how this person could have maybe been the, one of the most famous scientists in the world, point blank, if it weren't for these oppressions. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, think of how smart and intelligent and the things that she accomplished with that type of oppression that sadly sometimes like, well, what would have happened if, like, if it if like, didn't what face would it, her name have been? And what, and what about all the other people who didn't get or weren't able to push through that or were oppressed yeah. to the degree that they could have been just as smart and successful, but didn't even get that chance. Yeah. So it's just, it is obviously not sad. to bring that back to you. And I think that's amazing. No, it's, Good it's job, important to remember. And I think it's, it's really nice that we can celebrate and remember the histories that we've forgotten. And I do think that's inspiring for everyone. It's obviously particularly inspiring. I think for people of color, for women, and even for queer people, people who haven't typically been accepted in the science world. But I think even if you're straight, even if you're white, it's just like you can be yourself and bring so much uniqueness to science. And and I know we talk about this all the time, but science thrives with diversity. And I just think be yourself, express yourself, and you can bring so much to this field. This is a little bit like um, off topic. I'm like literally like we could maybe edit this out. <laughs> but I was watching last night thinking about institutions and racism. I was re-watching when Adele won the Grammy for Best Album over Beyonce's Lemonade for her album 25. Mm -hmm. And I just think like now talking about institutions, I'm like, okay, that's that's literally like, I mean, art is like for context. She, she literally went on stage and was like, Beyonce that's, should have. Won that's this, the right? that's the part that I think it's like it's like Beyonce's Lemonade is historic. I'm sorry. But like it's more powerful as an album than than Adele's twenty five. Like not to pit two women against each other, but that was just the categories and the albums of that year for best album of the year. And she goes on stage and she just like it's it's a really eloquent and powerful what Adele says too, which is just like what you have done for women. And then she's like and she's like what you have done for my black friends is so powerful. Like just the way she is able to like articulate that. It's just like you're you're like this was like a few years ago. It's Beyonce and Adele, and we're still watching. A black woman have an institution like not able to like validate their yeah and i yeah, just think it's like, it's like a, a pop in culture. 100 years someone can name a building after beyonce yeah oh my god many a building the grammy it should be called the, the beyonce's and you should get a beyonce <laughs> it's just like it's just like it's just so systemic and it's everywhere that it's like nasa get, get your shit that together hashtag. grammy's got your shit together what like it like so like switch the grammy's name to the beyonce honestly because the grammy's it's like they're literal trash it's like it's like really like a poorly like run institution that if they don't do that soon no one's gonna listen to them anymore <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> let's get on to our interview with Kine. Time to get to know ya. 
All right, so we are here with a very special guest, Kine, who is a drag queen, who is a mathematician, who is TikTok famous, has a YouTube channel. I've seen Facebook videos with millions of views of her drag makeup. Uh, she will also be on Drag Race Canada, which is coming out in July. Kine, thank you so much for coming on the Side Note podcast. Hi, guys. <laughs> you look so, so good. You look so Thank good. Thank you. Thank you. Um, how's it going? How are you feeling? I feel like you might be in a little bit of a whirlwind right, whirlwind right now with everything that's been going on. I am. Okay. Uh, first of all, this is my very first podcast, so I'm, I'm very excited about that. Um, I am a big fan of you guys. Um, and yeah, everything has been crazy with Canada's Drag Race and the whole announcement. So yeah, as you say, it is a big whirlwind. And I feel like, did you just hit, it was either 400k or 500k on TikTok? Yeah, 500k. Congrats. How does that feel? Thank you. It is wild. I, you know, never dreamed that it would blow up like that because I I started my TikTok account, you know, like in quarantine because I was just so bored. And, you know, I am like such a nerd that I already just do math. I do math riddles with all my friends anyway. Like that is just so my personality. (laughs) But I didn't think that people were going to be into it. Okay, I did not know that you started TikTok. So what 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 date did you start doing TikTok? I started it in end of April. So like Oh my gosh. Are you serious? So like when we started watching your TikTok videos was essentially when like you when literally you Okay, we've been stands <laughs> yeah, since yeah, the beginning. First 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 like wow, um, I thought I honestly had no idea. I assumed they're so um you know, they, they work polished. so well. They're yeah, so well they're done. Like You obviously understand the platform. Just for everyone listening and watching, for some context, if you haven't seen Kine's videos on TikTok in particular, she has these amazing explanations of mathematical formulas, of riddles, of just different phenomenon using math to explain. So, And they're so captivating. Like For the fact that TikTok is at most a minute long... That you can fit so much information. Sometimes I'm like, how did she get that all in? Because, you know, we're trying to experiment with TikTok now, too. And I'm like, I can never get it under the minute. (laughs) We're so used to this, like, long-form content. So what made you think of that concept, then? If you had not really used necessarily TikTok before, you hadn't been creating on it, what prompted that other than boredom? Yeah, well, I'm so new to TikTok, too. Like, I... You know, as everyone else, I got sort of introduced to it through other people and like seeing memes online. And I was totally in the camp of like the TikTok haters, like, oh, my God, this is like a little thing for kids. And this is like so cringe. But then I would see stuff that was actually kind of funny. So I was like, okay, let me download this app because like these people are like actually funny. And then, yeah, I was like, I could actually do this because I felt like my sense of humor was like pretty Gen Z. So I was like, I could probably like make it big here. Seriously, but that yeah. That was back I, when I, I was like, maybe I should do dance videos. <laughs> <laughs> I know how I settled on math. <laughs> Wait, so let's go. Let's go into that. So you went. Can you take us through our, your schooling, like your post secondary? Your what we a would ma- call a mathematician. <laughs> Is that okay? Well, I would not call myself a mathematician. I'm really just a student right now. I'm uh, at the University of Waterloo. I'm actually in school right now as we speak. I'm finishing up my bachelor's. Oh, wow. So okay. Yeah. Oh, my I'm God. I'm getting a Bachelor of Math at Waterloo. Wow. wow. Okay. You are so, no wonder so you young. TikTok because <laughs> yeah. you're a literal child and we are going to be your fathers. <laughs> so, wait. Oh, my God. Wait. Can I ask how old you are then? I just, my voice I'm, just cracked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 22. How old are you guys? 
Whoa! <laughs> no! I'm oh guessing not 22. No, not 22. no. Um, 22. I'm, yeah, a decade older than you, actually. TB, wow. TB exact. You can do the math, but yeah, that's 10 years. Wow, um, that's wow. incredible. Okay, so you are... Would you be graduating this uh, spring? Or is it like... Yeah, will I will you... be. Okay. Yeah, I'm in my last semester right now. Oh my online. gosh, congratulations. So what Thank specifically you. has your... You said your master's. What What do you study? My bachelor's. I am uh, majoring in mathematical finance. So Whoa. it's a joint program between pure mathematics and actuarial sciences. So um, I've got like pure math courses, like real analysis, and then some finance in there as well. I'm, right you... now I'm doing a class on risk management. So what about math? Like... To like to layman's terms, so to us, uh, yeah. <laughs> what sort of aspects like in your studies, like what is your favorite part about it? Like what keeps you going and motivated within the world of math? Mm -hmm. I really love proofs. Um, I love just the rigor of math. You know, when I was in high school, I thought I wanted to like be a scientist. I thought I wanted to like go into astronomy and cosmology because I found that very seductive but what I realized was that my physics classes were not really like scratching the itch for me because I I don't like all the estimation I don't like the messiness of it wow. which of course people will disagree but I like how math is very elegant it's very beautiful and everything makes sense and everything goes together so I really like the rigor of mathematics I think that's that's amazing. Really That's such a cool answer because it's like, <laughs> it's true. Like I even think like for like us, like even within the sciences, like I compare myself a lot, like with our friends, like to artists. So I think about like, oh yeah, like I always really related in class to being like, I need to be in my science or math classes because I need a right answer. I can't do deal with this. Like you have a 75 on your English assignment just because like I felt like I was in a bad mood that <laughs> mm -hmm. day or whatever. But then I'm like yeah. comparing sort of my perspective of science and then you also like being into like hard, hard math and kind of looking even at physics and being like, oh, it's a bit wishy-washy. That's <laughs> awesome. Like that's such a cool yeah. way to look at the world. And I don't know, it just makes me feel really like good also to even hear you describe it as elegant and beautiful because we've been in a lot of situations with a lot of math dudes and I think they would use different adjectives. And I think you're right. It is elegant and it is beautiful. It is. My favorite quote I've ever heard was that um, math is simple. Everything else in the world is complicated. Wow. So do you do you subscribe to it as like the language of the universe? Like, do you think that the the answers to, you know, like life itself <laughs> lie in math? Mm, no, I wouldn't say that. I think that is a completely separate question. You know, the meaning of life. I don't think mathematicians can answer that. Wow. Okay. okay. And so where <laughs> in the context of your sort of theory of math and self does your makeup fit in then and your drag? And is that like an artistic expression of yourself or do you see them intertwining with your, your love and passion for math? I don't know. People always ask me that because it does sound like a weird mixture of hobbies and interests. Um, I, ever since I can remember, I feel like I've been pretty good at math in school and it's sort of been a natural talent of mine and something that I've you know cultivated but then my interest in like art and makeup was I feel like really independent of that so I feel like it's two different sides of my brain that are intertwining 
So how do you ever have any overlap between them? Like, can you think of tangible times? That I mean, they've... like <laughs> TikTok. Well, the yeah. TikTok oh, yeah. is really my first time that it's overlapped. Okay. Are you no. serious? Cool. So you haven't done any of that on your YouTube channel or any other place? No. And I'll tell you why. I've On my YouTube channel, like if you guys have watched it, it's all like strictly drag stuff. It's all like, oh, how to style a wig, how to sew a costume. And I've tried like sprinkling in little tidbits of math in there like, by the way, use pi when you're like calculating the circumference of the skirt. And people didn't like it. People were like, oh my God, we're not smart enough for this kind. So I was like, <laughs> okay, so it's not it's not gonna work. So Oh my God, we are I, here I to, to work. I we are here as your as your uh, dads in this world to change that. <laughs> like I really think that they're like I mean, well, you're seeing from the popularity of your TikToks, like mm-hmm. I think that maybe it's changing audiences on YouTube is a huge challenge. Like people, when they sign up for something, trust, we've been doing this for eight years. Like they really have a hard time when you change things up. But I would really encourage you to think about making math. This is like purely selfish because we are in a community (laughs) of people who educate on YouTube and it's a bunch of boring dudes. Hope they're not listening. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like like there could be such, there's such a room and such an opportunity for you to, now I think stretch what you do on TikTok out into a bunch of other places like... I don't know. I think that, I don't know. I would love to help you try and make a YouTube video that works that audience, like that audience is expecting. Yeah. It's definitely an interesting idea and I would love to do it, but I, I fear that one of the reasons my TikTok works is because of the short form of it, because it's just under 60 seconds. I don't know if I could really, you know, capture people's attentions for like a 10 minute video. And actually I've toyed with the idea of like doing those videos on my YouTube channel, but I find it always so hard to fit like, okay, what do I want to say here? Like how, complicated do I want to make these explanations but the restriction of 60 second videos on TikTok really narrows it down and makes it easy for me yeah, yeah that's that true sense. that is it is kind of nice sometimes to have those parameters I think for anyone in a creative field sometimes when you have endless possibilities your mind yeah. is just like how do I even construct something but when you're yeah when you're told like a vine being like six seconds it's like okay I know I gotta get to the point I know I gotta have the hook at the beginning and here's how I can break it down to hold people along do you think a lot about those kinds of metrics like do you think you have an analytical part of your brain when you're creating content or does that strictly come from things that you find interesting or are you like hey here's how the tiktok algorithm kind of works i know i need to like kind of get that grab at the beginning and like how do you how do you Hmm. think through your process no um you might this might be surprising because i am such an analytical person but i really am of the philosophy that people who are content creators should not think too much about that because I think people like seeing stuff that's organic. People can tell usually if you are, you know, clickbaiting or really trying to manipulate the algorithm. And as a person who is a consumer of content, I really don't like that in other people. So I tried not to do that in my own content. That's wow. Really, then you're, then I think you're that, executing I mean, it. It really speaks to the audience resonating, resonating then, right? Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. I can't believe you started in April. That's crazy. <laughs> like so in terms of that sort of meteoric rise we shall call it that's okay just a few months half a million people have chosen to follow you how has that changed your yeah like has it changed anything or you've just been stuck at home and you don't even understand or like well yeah it has what's funny is now people are um long before i did my tiktok people would be like oh my god kyan is like my drag mother she is the queen of the drag tutorials now people like don't even know about my YouTube channel. They're like, kind is the queen of the math tutorials, and she's my math teacher. So that's amazing. Does that make people you do you rebrand me? 
Yeah. Yeah. Do, do, that's cool. That's that's powerful to have other people rebranding you. A lot of people pay a lot of money to rebrand themselves. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so fun. So okay. Take me back to your university then. Like, did you always know that you wanted to go into math for school? And when then did that intersect with like, were you always doing makeup as well? Like, how did you choose that path? Because I think a lot of people in their lives, myself included, and I think Greg as well, like Greg has an art minor as well, have that dichotomy that to be a mathematician or someone interested in math or science or any of the things related to STEM that you kind of have to commit to that one lane. And I think it's a really nice story to know that you are so diverse and you have multiple interests, but where did that kind of click for you that you would go to school for math, but maybe you would still pursue your interests outside of that? Yeah. Um, it was in high school when I made that choice because in high school was when I started experimenting with makeup and um, putting that artistry on my face. And it was also high school when I decided to pursue math in university. I used to write um, these math contests from the University of Waterloo, and that's how um, I really got my love for math is in doing those, because that's when I realized that math was so much more than what we were doing in high school. So it was in, it was in high school that I decided, okay, math is what I want to do. But I already had started my YouTube channel by then, and um, I guess prior to this year, I've always sort of just, I guess, put math first and then did my YouTube channel, my makeup on the side. And just wanted to see where that would take me. So it's always kind of been a hobby for me. Um, so it, it is a bit of that dichotomy of, okay, what am I going to do? Because I also um, believe in getting an education and getting a degree because it's um, something that I can at least fall back on if ever I decide not to do this anymore. Yeah, I mean, so do you have any plans within the math world now moving forward? Like what, you're graduating with your bachelor's. I'm asking you that horrible question that adults <laughs> ask you when they go, so what do uh, you do now? <laughs> Even though the world is in true turmoil and it's like, do jobs exist? But mm-hmm. are you picturing pursuing drag full-time? Are you picturing pursuing being a TikToker? Like what are you, <laughs> what is your, what is your I'm vibe? really interested in pursuing drag for now. Um because I feel like I can always go back into using my degree. Yeah. But right now, especially that I'm on like national TV, I want to, you know, hit the iron while it's hot, so to speak. I don't know if that's the right phrase, but yeah, I wanted, I want to <laughs> do it while I'm young. I want to do it while people's eyes are on me. I want to make the most of it while I can. Okay. Awesome. And now As that you're... I'm doing TikTok, it's great because I feel it's a bit of an application of my degree. So it's not like go to waste <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the thing like yeah i feel like you can do both like i i still just can't get over that i honestly really the tiktok the fact that math and drag coming together it's it's it just works so well and like mm-hmm. i just i just assumed it was something really hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. 
no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Thought out. The fact that it's so new is really exciting because I think there's a lot of potential there for sure on your YouTube channel, mm-hmm. on TikTok. And you're right. Get, like math isn't going anywhere. <laughs> uh-huh. It's not a fad. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then talk to me about like how you got into makeup in the first place then. Yeah. When did you start doing drag? Sure. Um, I started wearing makeup in like grade nine or 10. I honestly don't even know what inspired it. I think I started putting on a little bit of concealer because I was like, I guess, insecure about like my pimples. And then I just really found it like fun and artistic. I guess I wanted to be like the beauty gurus on YouTube. Um, and then I also started watching um, Gigi Gorgeous. Do you guys know her? Yes. Yeah, yeah. She was uh, in one of our videos video with recently. Her. Yeah. Oh, sick. I love her YouTube channel. I've been following her for a very long time. And so, you know, she kind of gave me the confidence to, you know, go out into the world um, wearing makeup and expressing myself. And then I, you know, I just loved makeup so much. It, it, I didn't want to just wear it like day to day anymore. I kept wanting to level up the artistry. And I think it was when I was in university and I went to my first drag show that I was like, okay, these queens are like, they're kind of doing what I'm doing, but just really elevated to the next level. And that's why I was like, okay, this is what I need to be doing. So is there a drag scene in Kitchener? Like, is that where you were seeing these drag shows or was it in Toronto or where was it? No, there is, as of now, there's a very, very small drag scene in Kitchener. It's not really in clubs. It's more in like pride and, um, the pageantry system. Okay. We don't have gay clubs right now anymore, so. There's no gay club in Kitchener? No, 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 no. There used to be before, like, before I came of age, there were, but I never. I know, I'm like, what I was it like called? Maybe... The Wren. The Wren or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, or, or, yeah. yeah. Was it that? I, yeah. I never made it to that. I yeah. love how you're like, before oh my, my time, God, we're like, so funny. we're already there. <laughs> we're the old queens who used to schluck it at the Wren. <laughs> oh my God, that's wild. So then, like, I guess I'm just like, so did you, while you were in your math degree, did you find it hard? Like, were your peers ever aware that you did this on the side? Like, how did that, was it like a Hannah Montana vibe? Like, how were you sort of <laughs> a like... A little bit. I just, a bit. I, I, I never, a, yeah. I never really told much people about it. I mean, I was never hiding it. I never wanted to be like, oh my God, they can't know my secret. But like, I would not, I wouldn't come to school in like full faces of makeup because I was like, <laughs> I was just a student like everybody else, right? So, like, the people close to me knew, but, you know. So, did it ever intersect? Did anyone ever recognize you in your math classes from your drag? Like, Yeah, they have. They have. Um, because our school also has a little drag club. So, I would also perform there when I was getting started. So, people knew. It was, it was not like, you know, I was not famous, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it is a unique thing, I think, for a lot of people and the maths i can only assume. yeah i'm curious about your experience and i mean any like queer person or minority or f- woman in stem faces like mm-hmm. a lot of different obstacles math included I'm, I'm curious your perspective having gone through a math degree if that has been a significant factor in your life obviously you're saying your drag was kind of separate so maybe people weren't necessarily aware but what was that like going through a stereotypically like white heterosexual space which is like we've kind of experienced mm-hmm. as well going through stem what was that like for you it honestly hasn't been a big obstacle for me. So I'm very thankful. Um, all throughout my high school and university, it's always been my grades that have been the forefront of 
my resume and how people see me. Um, it was really in high school that I was like really getting good grades. And that's actually how I got a scholarship into going to Waterloo. Okay. Yeah, I saw, I saw, okay. I, I, scholarship. I, I, I like, okay. She's okay. <laughs> smart. <laughs> Just drop that in there. Um, <laughs> I meant to bring that yeah. up at the beginning. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it looked like it was a full scholarship. You too, are if I'm media correct. trained, honey. You are fine. <laughs> Yeah, I can't really say it's been a huge obstacle for me because I feel like if anyone were to judge me or think of me a certain way, like, they really could not say much because my grades were, you know, boosting my reputation. Right. So you felt like at the end of the day, you were still able to prove yourself and succeed within math and STEM no matter what. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, I and wonder- also the schools I went to were very progressive, so I'm lucky for that. Yeah, that's true. I do feel like we live in like just like a Southern Ontario bubble. Like even though, yeah, Kitchener, like I think like in general, would you say it's progressive or do you think you were at a, your school was actually like exceptional? Um, well, I don't know. I haven't gone to other schools in the area, but I think maybe it, maybe it was my schools. I don't know. Fair, yeah. Or and even just like the individual Kitchener teachers. Waterloo has a huge influence on like for people who are outside of Canada or even Ontario it's like a very tech heavy industry there like Google has a head office uh, a big office there if I'm not mistaken I like obviously Mm -hmm. uh, Blackberry or RIM like started there so there's a huge influence of people that come from all over who aren't necessarily it's not just like a even though it's kind of a small city it's it has a big influence in like Canadian um, economy and culture Um, oh gosh I lost what I was gonna say yeah do you is that is it really techie there like is that your thought like would you have pictured yourself in tech with your math degree um, do I picture myself in tech? I don't know, but it is a very techie school. That's, um, I think what Waterloo is known for. But I like it because it's very nerdy. I can really get into it. <laughs> nice. Sorry, we're, we're lagging a bit. That's why if we're just like staring at your face. Yeah, yeah. Hello? Um, I was going to say, I wonder if, I wonder if yeah, there's a Yeah, can you hear of... us? Are you lagging? Just a little bit there. But I okay. Right, right. I, I think, think we're, we're caught, caught up. up. We're caught up. I was going to say, like, I think there might be even a bit, like, we are truly a decade older than you. Not to say that we were so overly discriminated against. Like, we went to a fairly progressive city university as well. But mm-hmm. I do think a lot has changed. Like, even the other day, uh, we got a chance to chat to, you might know him from TikTok as well. His name's, like, Darian. Lab Shenanigans. Have you heard of him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, he, I just think, like, our experience on YouTube as science communicators has been constantly being surrounded by obviously like predominantly men and predominantly straight white men. Um, Not to say that there aren't some women and stuff, but it's interesting that now, especially like with the rise of both of you have like so many followers on TikTok. We were just like, Oh my gosh, this is so nice. Like we've spent all this time and even just getting to chat to you and chat to him and being like, there's so many extra levels for us to connect on. And this is no shade to any of the other creators. Like we, we, have great friendships mm-hmm. with the other creators in this space, but I wonder if it is just partially generational. It's like young kids today don't feel as confined to the boxes that maybe we were prescribed or the decades before us were prescribed. Yeah. And do you think you see that at all? Or do you think it's just been like out of sight, out of mind because you've grown up in that environment? I don't know. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a little bit of both. I, I do feel a very great privilege for having um, a good high school and a good, educational life that I maybe don't even see or recognize that those obstacles are there for other people because I've always just you know pursued what I want to do and the great thing about math is that it's really you just prove yourself on the paper so it really doesn't matter what you look like 
because it's what you bring to the table and what you have in your brain. Wow, that is powerful. So who are your <laughs> who are your favorite? Let's start with YouTubers. Like who are the YouTubers that's Gigi Gorgeous inspired you? But what yes. other are there like yeah, like who like else do you watch? Or... Like or anyone? Yeah, I'm just curious. Okay, I really like um Zach Starr. Do you know him? He makes um some math related videos. So I, I get my little nerdiness out <laughs> there. Also, number file makes great ones. Um, yeah. Tom Scott. Mm-hmm. Um, it really depends on what mood I'm in. I also really like Cat Black and ContraPoints yes, for more of the social of commentary amazing. videos. ContraPoints is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, you're in it. Okay, cool. That's interesting. So then, th- none of those were makeup. Do you have any sort of like inspirations in the drag makeup YouTube community, or or no? Do you spend your time on YouTube watching math videos? Yeah, I th- I honestly think I like I'm so already surrounded by drag. If I like watched drag twenty four seven on YouTube, I <laughs> might just explode. Um, <laughs> but James Mansfield does really great YouTube videos. Oh, nice. Yeah, she, yeah, yeah. She does wig tutorials, sewing tutorials. I love her. I have a question. So, um, just in terms of drag culture and drag community, your drag name, Kine, yeah. is that your real name as well? It is. It is. Okay. What made and you, how did you choose, like, what made you decide? And is there thoughts around that? Like, obviously, RuPaul's name is RuPaul, but what, are, yeah, what are your thoughts around that? Yeah. I think it came from me starting out as a YouTuber because I started out not thinking that I was going to do drag. I was a YouTuber for longer than I was a drag queen. So, my YouTube name was always just like online kind. And then, you know, I started getting a little bit of like a following and I went, when I reached the point where I was like, okay, I want to start doing drag. I want to level up my makeup tutorials because that was the content that I was doing earlier. Um, I just couldn't think of a good name for myself. And I was like, well, if I change my name, I'm going to have to like reintroduce myself to all these people. Huh. And I like my name. It's, I think it's a little bit um, androgynous and unique. Yeah, it I is. It, when honestly, we found, yeah. yeah, when I, I found out that it was your your real name, I was like, that's interesting because I, yeah. I think Kine is an awesome name. Yeah, and clearly it inspired RuPaul to... Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does that is that common, or do you think like do other drag queens that you know use their real names? I know very few that use their boy names, but that's because they're all named Brian and Luke and right. Yeah, <laughs> true. That's so true. Like kind to me, I I was I assumed that it was a drag stage name, and it really fits. Mm. You're right. It is sort of androgynous and not that common that's it's so cool have you see, has anyone shared your videos who you kind of like look up to like i've seen i've seen one particular person who i really love share one of your videos like is there anyone who? sort of do you know who jabuki young white is no <laughs> oh my god okay so he's like jabuki is like in my opinion like the best twitter uh handle i'll send it to you mm. after but he's a famous comedian he's so funny he's like huge 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 doesn't he write in- for trevor noah yeah, he yeah uh, yeah no he works or on the the Daily Show. The Daily Show. He's a correspondent. Hmm. He writes Big Mouth. He's a big deal in the comedy community. But he shared wow. uh, one of your videos on Instagram. So for me, I was like, oh my god, yeah. it's kind. But has <laughs> I'll, I'll send it to you after. But has there been any moments of intersection with people who you look up to now that you're doing yes. this? Okay, from Drag Race, um, Katya followed me, and also Aquaria. Oh and, my gosh. Um, yeah, I was chatting with them in the DMs. I felt like such a celebrity. I was like, oh my God. Oh That's my God. So are they chatting? Wild. Are they chatting with you through because they know you now DMs. from TikTok? Or is it Instagram or what is it? Uh, Instagram and Twitter. They've just seen my videos floating around. So. Like, that's so wow nice. that's that's big okay i see oh my it. gosh so was that like a heart moment where you were just like oh my god what's yeah, happening like did they just dm you or they started following you and then they just like shot yeah they started message? following me 
That's well, crazy. I had to DM them first and be like, thank you for the follow. Oh, fair. Yeah. But <laughs> my that... boyfriend was like, Khan, you have to play it cool. You're all drag race girls. But I, I couldn't resist myself. No. Oh, my God. Are you kidding? You got to reach out. That's what you have to do. Okay. That's yeah. interesting. Because I really like, I mean, we've seen some of those like response videos where they're like, or some, I think you sent it to me, like someone being like, I'm at that point of TikTok where like, I'm getting taught math by a drag queen. Like, I think there's <laughs> something so powerful to that, like that dichotomy of the math and the drag queen, I think is a really big, like superpower for you moving forward. Cause it is that mm -hmm. like that, that's you now. Like when people say that they know who they're talking about, like yeah. Katya, these people, they might have like, you know, come across you on a variety of platforms, but you now are that, that. I just think that that's like something we've experienced. Like even just like being queer in science, like then all of a sudden you become like the queer science guys. Like there is yeah. power to that because it's different and it's interesting. And like, yeah, I don't know. I'm like, here I am being like, okay, I'm going to be your manager. We're going to go on TikTok. <laughs> We're going to blow you up there. <laughs> now that you have done all this math stuff mm -hmm. and I don't want to take away at all from your drag, but I'm like, do you think that you will focus? Like, do you see yourself as sort of a science or math communicator now? Um, and is that a role you want to continue to fulfill? Like that's something that sort of happened to us. We were just interested in science. We made science videos and then suddenly we're part of this sort of like science communicator, <laughs> so not society, yeah. but society. Like, <laughs> society. Um, so do you see yourself as that? And is that a role or a job you ever wanted? And do you want it now that you kind of have it? I don't know. That's really interesting because I've always, you know, I came at this from my a drag perspective like here's me as a drag queen like talking about you know what I want to talk about and I love doing drag I love to perform and I love to be on stage because you know it just like is such a fantasy for me but I do feel that like math is really one of my big talents and I and I am really good at making those videos and explaining things in a in a good way do I want to you know only do that I don't know because I feel like I I want to do that and also perform and dance because I like I like doing that too but I do totally. recognize That's that so yeah, like math is like I feel more of I feel I'm more contributing to the world in a better way when I'm helping people um, get better at math when people tell me that they you know are doing better in their math classes because of me or when they tell me that they're inspired to pursue a math degree I feel um, just enriched and inspired in a different way than I am by drag but I don't know. Yeah. I can't tell you if I want to choose one over the other. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's no, so definitely interesting. don't need to choose one no. over the other. I think that I'm sure there are many, many people who have and will see you in drag that you will also impact them mm -hmm. like emotionally and potentially change their lives as well. I just think for sure you should, like Greg said, I think this is your superpower to combine drag. And even thinking of math as sort of that stereotypical subject that people either find really hard or that they're just too dominant or it's boring to them mm -hmm. and i think this perspective on math is just so refreshing i think that's why at least i connect to it in some ways because it is like to see something that you didn't find engaging suddenly engaging is like a really magical moment like mm -hmm. and i'm sure most people find that in certain things in their life so you would have found that for drag as well but yeah. that moment when you go oh my gosh that's so cool yeah and i do think that is what the power of like a math communicator can do someone who goes i know there are people out there who might think this is hard or boring but i'm going to show you that mm -hmm. it can be interesting and using your whole arsenal of like your beauty and your drag and your creativity <laughs> and your art is like a really awesome way to do that Thank you. Oh also, my God, I'm blushing. You yeah. <laughs> also, you've been really like 
proactive in using math to, you know, sort of combat institutional racism, white supremacy on TikTok. That's been really powerful to watch. Like we definitely have made that decision in our career that we're like science can be biased. We need to fight these biases. Like, was there any hesitation to that? Like, was that something that you saw and immediately thought, here we go. Like, let's topple the, the white supremacy, the white supremacy yeah. on TikTok. Yeah, or because I've actually, how did that work I, yeah. for you? I've done videos before, um, you know, debunking false graphs um, just from a statistical standpoint, just because that's what you learn when you go to school. And when I would see people using graphs like that to, you know, be racist, it, it felt like a perfect thing to fit into my channel. And, you know, you know, like, let alone the fact that it's our like moral responsibility to do something like it's just something it's content that perfectly fits into what I'm doing anyway. So it was a great match. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cause that was also really powerful because that is like, obviously a lot of white supremacy is based in these like facts, quote unquote. Yeah. And a lot of people don't have the power or even have the moral compass to do that. So I don't know. I applaud that. And I think moving forward, like seeing those videos is really powerful. So like, and I think some people get this false idea that science and math are fixed and that there aren't perspectives on them. And oh, that, yeah. like you said, like that people can read a statistic or read a science fact. And then suddenly that is the truth. When that's the, like how racism yeah, is. Like and that's really, why people believe that science yeah. can't be biased. It can't be political, but it's exactly. like, there's so much more nuance to these things. Exactly. What's your take? Yeah. Like, do you, do you want to use, I mean, obviously you're using your drag for social good. Cause I think that's an amazing way to connect with people. And do you feel like you can and want to use your math for social good as well? Or is that something that you're still just. Uh, oh, definitely. Definitely. One of the, one of the things I learned early on, um, in my degree, I went to this one math camp. I know. Um, but the guy, <laughs> no, <I love> yeah, <laughs> the guy heading it was telling us this, um, anecdote about math and how it, um, people use it in like, insurance companies to deny claims to people and you know the punchline of what he was saying was that like as people who are good at math and are going to pursue this and become actuaries and um people in decision making roles we have to use math for good for social good and we have to make sure it's not used for bad reasons that's like ugh, that like kind of gave me shivers because i i really think that that's so important and we have been feeling like that, especially now, right now with everything going on. It's like you realize that science has contributed so negatively to racism, to the yeah. world. And there's a lot of our peers who just say, like, if you teach people science, that's innately good. Or like, you know, we, we science isn't political. We hear that all the time. And it's really, really frustrating because mm -hmm. we're like... The more you actually learn about science, you realize it's so political. It informs it informs political decisions, like you're just saying. Math is used by powerful people to justify politics. Yeah. And if you go back through the history of it, it could have been used so damagingly. And I think I don't know enough about math that I almost think I put those assumptions on it. I was like, oh, well, math is, you know, the truth. So there's no mm. such thing or good or bad with it. So that's powerful. And like, hang on to that. And like, maybe even like explain that in TikToks because I think that's like maybe something you think of as so normal that you understand from math camp but me hearing mm -hmm. that I'm like okay that like that's in line with what I think like we need to tell people that because a lot of people who don't understand math and science just think it's the quest for the truth and the truth is the truth when really like we as humans shape it yes definitely and math is a great big you know tree of different branches and there are some things that are really just I would probably say are apolitical, like algebra and geometry. But when it comes to statistics, the way statistics is so 
ingrained into demography and, you know, studies of the human population, that is very political. That is very social. Even, yeah, yeah totally. even like a pandemic, epidemiology, like mm-hmm. using numbers to understand what's going on and how we can make the best decisions around it. Um, we won't keep you too much longer. I want to ask a little bit about your... We obviously we have a handful of listeners who are creators as well, and probably lots of them are like, "How do you do this on TikTok?" I mean, we're so old, so we can't really give advice <laughs> on how to make TikToks well. But what do you find? Like, what would you say to somebody who's listening, who's like, "I that's I'm so inspired. I want to sort of be my authentic self and do that on the internet, but I don't really know where to start." Or what, what make to a do. TikTok or anything? yeah, let's start with TikTok. But you might have a philosophy around creating content, and there's lots of people who probably look to you and say, "Oh my gosh, how did she do that? I want to be able to do that as well." Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would probably say that it's you have to find a balance between doing what you love and doing it in a way that is entertaining for other people to watch. I think too many people shift to one extreme or the other. You know, you yeah. can do what you really like, but if nobody gets it and nobody is like entertained by it, then there's not going to be that many people who watch it. And yeah. on the other hand, if you are doing stuff that is just so like sellout of you which I don't really like saying that but you know what I mean like mm-hmm. people are going to see right through that you know people think that because TikTok is like lots of kids that you just have to grab the kids attention but there's lots of people on TikTok who are you know smarter than that and are going to see through you if you're being inauthentic so you have to strike that balance yeah that's really good advice and that's so true I think that's the interesting thing with TikTok it's all happened so fast people yeah. really thought oh it's nothing but then now when you watch it, like, it's hilarious. We're now learning math <laughs> from a drag queen. Like, it's really having this, like, reckoning, I think, for a lot of yeah. people in the cultural zeitgeist. Cause, and you're right. I think that's because, like, what is shining through a lot of the time is more authentic than we realize. Of course, there's, like, the mainstream version of TikTok, which sometimes can be, like, V-cringe. But there's so much, like, in it that is actually, like, really, really powerful. Yeah, so and, do you... and people think that when you start a TikTok channel, you have to like do what other people are doing and do the trends and do those things. But, you know, I've, I've, I started doing something that nobody was doing and, you know, it popped off. So if you see it, if you have an idea of something that you want to see out there and nobody is doing it, then just give it a try. Have you been looking at this pandemic with a sort of mathematical epidemiological lens at all? Or are, like, are you sort of tapped into what's going on like with the science and the math? Or are you sort of just like living it in quarantine? Like, do you have an interesting perspective or no? You don't have to. I'm just no, I, I in the beginning I did. I was like, ooh, exponential functions. But then <laughs> um, now I really can't be bothered to like read the news about it every day because I also recognize that the things that I've learned in school in just my undergraduate degree are just so surface level top of the iceberg things when really there is so much data that goes into it that is just beyond my understanding so I trust the experts wow well, smart enough to trust the experts I, there yeah. you go <laughs> it's like make your content be authentic be creative but at the end of the day trust the experts yeah well. <laughs> oh my god that's amazing okay so like we didn't ask you anything about drag race canada because we know you it isn't out yet gotta t- keep a tight lip but is there like anything that you're allowed to say that you're excited about or like the experience or yeah sure um well i'm allowed to say that it is gonna premiere on july 2nd on crave <laughs> there Um, you go yeah that's that's the main thing i'm really excited um i think people you know i i wanted to do it because i wanted to show people like just a different side of me because you see a particular 
side of me on YouTube because obviously at the time I hadn't started my TikTok channel yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to show people, you know, my full um, repertoire of talent. So I guess I that, Drag was Race my, Canada, that was my mind like, going into it. Yeah, and Drag Race Canada is definitely probably happy happy hap hap that this TikTok channel is blowing up <laughs> with one of their queens. Do you know if people can watch it in other parts of the world? Because a lot of our listeners aren't necessarily in Canada. Is it? Yeah. Do you know that um, information? In, yeah, sure. In Canada, it's premiering on Crave. Um, in the U.S. and in some other select territories, it will be available on Wow Presents Plus. Um, it was just announced recently, actually, that it's going to be on BBC in the UK. Oh, and, oh whoa! Yeah, that is a the British people. Oh, we love coin. We love coin and all their maths. <laughs> Oh my god! You have to you have to call it maths for them. Did you yeah. know that? They I call do. It I do. S. Yeah, that actually makes more sense to me because actually, it's a, math is an abbreviation or a shortened version of mathematics with an S. There so, you go. Yeah, Honestly, that is, that's your reasoning. English people, I guess, should know how English works. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I actually taught in the UK and I spelt tire T I R E, and the kids were so awful. They were like, "It's spelled with a Y," and I was like, "Stop yelling at me! You're all like m- taking the mic." And then it turns out, nope, they spell tire with a Y, and they say maths, maths, maths. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, it was so well, nice. We're so excited to, you. to watch you on Drag Race yes. and continue to explode on TikTok and YouTube you. and Instagram. Where can people find you? What's your handle on all the different platforms? Uh, it's online kind everywhere on TikTok. Okay. Instagram, oh, you're Twitter. like I, you got that stuff mm-hmm. early. <laughs> online kind. Okay. True great. social media mogul. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, thank you so much for taking the time to be on our podcast. We're so lucky to have you, and we wish you the best of luck. We'll be rooting for you on Drag Race, and we'll also thank be messaging you. you to like do some sort of like collabs or something. This 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 yes. math on YouTube thing, I definitely want to mm-hmm. help you with. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. You guys are so nice. 